Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkouts. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, yeah. exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work. We'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. <laughs> Every single day. Love the liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? I would say double. I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Yeah! Talking about expressvpn.com slash Nooners. Love ExpressVPN. You've got to have a VPN in today's world or you're not living your life right, brother. People are going to start stealing your passwords, all your bank info, everything. And I know most of you are probably thinking, uh, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode doesn't hide your activity. Doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, I never go online without using Express VPN. Huge fan. I've had it for years. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background uh, of all my computers and my laptops and my phones, and it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, like I was saying, phones, computers, uh, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it right now. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash nooners, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash nooners. Expressvpn.com slash nooners. Head there to learn more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross Patterson Revolution! Brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com. 
Alicia Blankers. Welcome to Ross Patterson Revolution. Do we have a hot show today? I don't know. You tell me. The fucking Winter Olympics are starting tonight, so I feel like it's uh, gonna be a little, uh, boom, 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 Right. I feel like it should be. Right. A little dong hill skiing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little. Just uh, on the dong, like. Yep. Oh, just, okay. Oh, just one, just donging it all the way down. Okay. You know? Legs straight forward. Mm. Dong down. Dong down. Um, penis just dancing across the yeah, top of that g- snow. I don't want to get into a technique because it's probably very. Well, we could. Um, usually, a lot of practice. Usually I teach a class at mm-hmm. uh, UCLA, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm no longer doing that. Right. For they, sexual reasons. Yeah, they asked you. They invited you to not come back. Uh, they said, please put your dong away. Sure. Um, we're, not that, we're not that type of school. And I said, you're UCLA. Okay, come on. If there's one school that believes in fucking dong technique, it's, it's UCLA. I'm kidding. Everybody thinks UCLA is a party school. Like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. You live in Los Angeles. It's not. It's all Asian. It's all Asian. No one knows. It's it's Working a fucking hard. Yeah. Boring ass school that is super hard to get into. Yeah. They have the top medical uh, institution. Football. Yep. Um. In 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 the land and uh, <laughs> it's it's a fucking snooze fest over there. In it Westwood. really is, and it's yeah. Drive through Westwood, like really, just drive through the campus because you can. You can just drive through it, and because it, it's weird, you're like, oh. Can I just drive through this campus? And then you realize, well, it is L.A. Yeah, I can totally just drive through it. It is 100% Asian. You'll see like one white guy and he's probably, you know, getting a fake ID or something for, for his sure. community college. He's definitely not going to UCLA because it's hard to get into. Sure. Uh, the only whites and or blacks that go to school there are, are on their athletic teams, football and basketball. Mm-hmm. So the rest of it, it's an Asian school, uh, which, hey, good for you. Good for you. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's America. Sure. It's what America's all about. Yeah. Um, and they're, look, they're, they're for, for real, they're, they're, their medical uh, field there is, is top-notch. Mm-hmm. Top-notch shit. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's is too, actually. But um, look, I, well, Ohio State's hard to get into as well. So I'm not going to shit on that either. But uh, yeah, they're not, they're not allowing me to teach my dong technique anymore. My D to B's. My D to B ski is what I like to call it. My little dong hill skiing technique class has been canceled for the remainder of the semester. Their football team will come back, though. They got Chip Kelly as, uh, as their new coach. So I would say give them two years. They'll, they could be a powerhouse. Okay. Um, which is interesting. Because, uh, look, it is L.A., so the, the allure of going to school there is amazing. And why am I bringing this up? Because it was National Recruitment Day yesterday, National Signing Day for all the recruits for college football. Um, I love it. I, you're not a fan so much. No, it's not that I'm not a fan. It's just like, is it ever going to oh, end? It is. That, that's it. That's, that's it the end of it. It just seemed like it was no, over, and then the there's like always something to keep your guys' whistle wet. Yeah, you have you that. You know what I mean? You have that, and it's, that, that's over for college. Like, like, you have a spring are we game. Are watching Pop Warner after yeah, this? Or? You, you have a spring game, and that's about it. The, but there's always, now that ESPN televises these, these high school kids signing their shit, there's always one or two kids that are... 
like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Like, what what are you doing? And what happened? There's always like a what the fuck moment. So I will say that. Okay. Uh, last year, um, it was Snoop Dogg's kid. Um, oh, going to where did he going go? to? I think he went to UCLA. Um, and then he turned out like he got to UCLA and realized how hard it was to practice mm-hmm. and was like, oh, this is not fun. Uh, he dropped out uh, before the fall semester even started. So he was out of there. Um, and then I believe Puff Daddy's kid as well was was uh, was at UCLA. I think he stayed. I think Puff Daddy's kid stayed. So Snoop's kids just quit football, quit college, quit everything. Yep. Quits altogether and was out of there in like. What's he doing fucking now? Fucking 30 days. Who knows? I, I heard he wanted to be an actor. Mm. So he's gone. We'll get into the Snoop Dogg thing. I later. would love to. Oh, yeah. I would love to. Big story out of there. Um, <laughs> Not really. But, but. yesterday, uh, I, to me it is. Because yeah. I, like, we watched that Snoop Dogg documentary last night. I'm like, who can night. I write a letter to? Crazy. <laughs> Crazy, isn't who it? Who can I write a strongly worded letter to about this? So we watched the new documentary anyway, on, we'll on Netflix, Coach Snoop. Um, we're going to get into we'll that. Get into it. Uh, we're going to get into this Quincy Jones interview, which was fucking cray cray. Um, Burn it down. But, See you later. But amazing. And uh, I look, I, you know, you know me. You know, I've talked about Quincy Jones on this show. Quincy Jones is the Messiah. You do not cross Quincy Jones. What Quincy Jones preaches is fucking actual gospel. And he's never been wrong, including this article which there is a gajillion unbelievably fascinating things to talk about, including Marlon Brando, fucking Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. um, and Marvin Gaye. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But, and but, then a lot of um, dirt on Michael Jackson, which oh, yeah. I love yeah, 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 because yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck him. A- any, anything to tear down my, Michael Jackson, uh, you love. I'm into it. But this, to, to, to put a B on this bonnet for that recruitment thing yesterday, there was two things that were like oddly like weird and fascinating where you're like, what the, what the fuck, bro? What are you, what are you doing? One was a baby. One guy brought a baby on stage. A high school kid. Yes. Get you. With his entire family of Mm -hmm. like 12 to 15 people. And there was a baby on stage. So when he announced his college, they took this jacket off the baby and it was in a university of Georgia onesie. Was it his son? Was it his no, that they asked that, by okay. the way. The announcers asked that. The brother or something? A little it, it brother? It was a niece, yeah. Oh, a that's niece cute. or a nephew or something. That's but. cute. Mm. That's fine. It's fine. I, I, I thought it was his kid. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. The, the other one was a, uh, a kid who got up on stage and it was, because what they do is they say, oh, I'm down to three or four schools. And the hats will be lined up and then they put on the fucking hat and it's a thing. Um, well, the mom was sitting next to him. And she had a University of Alabama sweatshirt on and a University of Tennessee hat on. The kid had three choices of, of schools. Mm-hmm. University of Tennessee, University of Alabama, and University of Florida. Um, when he went to make his decision, he put a Florida hat on. She pulled down her pants. Her bush was colored two different colors. Close. Florida. Close. Even better, actually. What? And you know, for me to say not a spray-painted bush is, is the better, be- is the better option. Better than a spray-painted yeah. bush? Yeah. Tell she, me what's better. She got up and walked off the stage, walked out of there. Like pissed. Uh, livid. And was just like, didn't come back for maybe 10, 15 minutes later, finally hugged her son. But, but she like a weird had hug. Not, yeah, yeah. She was visibly pissed. This, now this kid, this, and his name is, I know his last name, just because he was trending all day yesterday, this Nick Copeland kid. Um, it was trending all day. Now everybody knows his fucking kid's name. 
because his mom walked off the stage and you're like, oh boy. Um, yeah. Mm. Weird, weird choice. The, weird. the fact that the mom just walked off, I was just like, oh Have boy. Have they always done that with the high this school? Is, this, was in the, this is started in the LeBron James, Kobe Bryant era. Are they going to go back even uh, further now? I would is say, it- I, look, I, I would say <laughs> Kobe, I, I would, in my guesstimate, um, I would say Kobe Bryant was the one who kind of started this. But here's the difference is Kobe was in high school announcing that he was going pro. LeBron James did it and announced that he was going pro. Mm. These kids are announcing what college you're going to. And that's what I have the, the problem with. Because when, when you're picking a fucking college, you're not getting paid. And if you suck in college, which let's face it, a lot of these kids do and they don't make the NFL. Yeah. To put them in a national spotlight on TV and their families and all of this shit, to me, is just inviting trouble where it's like, hey, man, you should probably be pre- pretty focused on the going to school and being good in college. And then mm-hmm. you make your announcement if you're good enough on national television at the fucking NFL draft, not That's what I think. in high school. Like wh- what are you celebrating? The fact that you got a scholarship, congratulations. A million other kids got a fucking scholarship. You might be one of the top 300. And it's like, do you guys follow these kids? So no. like, do you even have any idea who they are? Nope. No, no I, but I you'll be like, Oh, I knew it. I, I have <laughs> no idea who they are. Until they get to college and, 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 and if they're good in college, right. if they're not good in college, even including my own team, I, I have no fucking idea who they are. Right. No, no goddamn clue who these kids are. Um, therefore, I, I don't I, I don't give a shit like who you're picking and or why. Right. Um, I, I almost watch it now just because they put up a ranking of like, hey, who, who's going to have the best class? And that's it to see where my school finished. And that's, that's about it. And then I move on with my life. I don't know any of these high school kids or what the fuck they're doing. Right. N- nor is it my fucking business either. Sure. So I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. And that was the dais yesterday. Right. The dais. I'm going to start using that term a lot more, I think. You think? Yeah, I think so. Uh, a couple of people have used it. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the dais now from now on. What does it mean? I don't know. Of the day, I think. That was like the thing of the day? I think. I doubt it. I don't know. I'm no mathematician. Why don't sure. you look up uh, Deus no. um, while, while we're doing sponsorships? We got some sponsors who pay for this whole fucking shit to be on the motherfucking air. Uh, first and foremost, talking about BlackRifleCoffee.com. Ooh, Lord, trouble so high. Ooh, Lord. I love, love BlackRifleCoffee.com. Drink them every morn, uh, sometimes in the eve, if I'm up late writing. Uh, BlackRifleCoffee.com is a premium roast-to-order coffee. It means they make it in-house, and then they bag that shit and ship it out to you like two or three days later. I mean, it's amazing. It's as fresh as you could possibly get. They got amazing flavors. They got uh, j- this is just black, which is what Jesse drinks. Uh, I drink caffeinated as fuck. Um, and they got a, a bunch of uh, other delicious blends. I call them flavors. In the pro world, they call them blends. You be yourself and fucking make up your own name. Uh, go to blackriflecoffee.com. Also, their apparel is dope as shit. I always wear it all the time. I got their t-shirts, their sweatshirts, uh, and they got these new coffee hats that are, that are fucking sick. Go to blackriflecoffee.com, type in the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. Next up, we got straightrazors.com. These straight razors are the biz. Use them every day. Uh, I love them. Um, actually, every other day. 
I'm, I'm one of those people, I'm blessed, hashtag blessed. I'm way up, I feel blessed. I don't have to use razors. I don't have to shave like once every two days probably, um, which is nice. And if I have a, a mustache, a mustache, um, which I wax down from straightrazors.com, uh, then I only shave maybe every three or four days. Why? Because the razor is so good that it really gets down close to the skin. Once you get used to it, you don't have to go back to, to other razors. It takes about a day and a half off your shaving, which is nice. But they also got products for, for dudes, shampoos, conditioners, beard oils, you name it. Uh, big fan of straightrazors.com. Get yourself a, a shaving kit. Support the show. Go to straightrazors.com. Use the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. Last but not least, we've got strikeforceenergy.com. James, why don't you give me a, a sound effect? Boom, boom, boom. Oh, boy. <laughs> when you go to a Google search to look something up, James. I can't even. I, I mean, I I'm going to go back. It. I'm going to go back to, to second camera here for the video <laughs> show because it's, I mean, it is crazy How when do you, you even Google. How spell it? I, just <laughs> type in Dias, you know, D-A-U-S and see what happens. Um, D-A-U-S? Why not? That seems like it, it should be should be should be right. Deus. Um, Deus of the day. Um, but I, I can't like I, one of us has to look up shit because we both can't because then it's just Ross and Jesse look Looking at the up, internet. internet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this on two cameras right here for the video show. By the way, all video shows are available on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. Uh, it is a separate feed on iTunes. I want you to see how long it takes physically, <laughs> Jesse, to just to just to find one term, just a key a key phrase on Google, um, and then type like test yourself against her. Uh, yeah. Strikeforceenergy.com is uh, is the best energy drink in the biz. You can kick the can, kids. You don't need that shit anymore. They got four original flavors: uh, orange, make America grape again, lemon, uh, and original. Uh, which original is still a fan fave. If you hear Jesse's laughter in the background, because she still can't find it on Google. I can't. It's, I don't know. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. Um, You're the one using the word. Go to strikeforceenergy.com. Type in the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. They've got a subscription <laughs> in the month club. So does Black Rifle Coffee. I highly recommend it. The shit comes to your house on the exact day every single month, and it's it's the jam. Strikeforceenergy.com. Promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. Um, when I was out at Black Rifle Coffee doing the Drinking Bros show, our sister show, Drinking Bros podcast, they had a male producer in there mm -hmm. who looked up, he was all his job, like he just looked up stuff while we talked, you know, uh -huh. or if we asked him a question and there was a, he had a computer much the same as yours. A and, lot of uh, people have that, but they don't have to, he didn't have to continue a conversation. No, he does. So, so we, no, he doesn't. Yeah. You don't talk to him. We, we do we, like, we, no, we, but you, he looks it up. It's just like Jamie and we, Joe we, Rogan. It's just we, we like, talk, we talk to him. Yeah. And it's Brendan like, Brendan hey. and Brian's. it's just like there's, they look it up. They're exactly. off camera, I, which you were just off camera for a good five, six minutes. <laughs> um, I switched it. I switched it off camera. So that way people weren't like, oh my God, there's no way she's thinking this hard over a Google to term oh, boy. oh boy. i don't even know no no uh, i don't know we're, we're gonna leave that be um probably circle back to it next week look kids i didn't hire her for her smarts you know what i'm saying it. this is uh this is a looks only uh oh, transaction right here uh but it looks since we don't know that meaning um let's talk about the meaning let's of, stop using it let's let's talk about the meaning of love let's talk about the meaning of love please uh, the meaning of love was brought up 
In this Quincy Jones interview that took place with Vulture magazine, and uh, one of the craziest things I've ever heard, the first headline that jumped out, out at everyone was that got me to read it was Quincy Jones said that Marlon Brando had sex with Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? All right, I'm gonna I'm I'm all in. I'm gonna read this interview now. That was that that was the uh, the clickbait they used to get me. And this is the one time that I'll say thank God they did. That was the most fascinating article I've read in fucking years. I I can't even. It's so good I can't even put a, a second of like ah. What was another fucking interview that I I, I read or listened to that that was that fascinating? <clears throat> I can't name one. When's another time that someone was that honest? That name and names, that dragon people, like can't, people I, I, don't I can't. do it. Um, so in, in this article, he talks. So I, that was the first thing I clicked on, and I got to the Richard Pryor thing, and they asked him. They asked him another question, and then <clears throat> he was the one who circled back to this and just was like, "Well, you know, I used to party with Marlon Brando, and Marlon Brando used to have these fucking." wild parties and he was fucking Richard Pryor, Marvin Gaye. Um, and I was like, whoa, 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 so whoa. So Marlon whoa, whoa, Brando whoa. was the one that was fucking all of them. Yeah, yeah, but they were all in. They were all in. Like sure. they were fucking each other and having sex and doing shit. And uh I was like this and everybody was like, this cannot be true. Right. Including myself. I was like, there is no fucking way. No way. Richard Pryor's ex-wife last night got on Twitter and was just like, nope, it's true. It was the 70s when drugs were real drugs. If you had good, you, good quaaludes, good Coke, like the Coke wasn't stepped on, it was pure. Um, she was like, back then you were fucking a radiator afterwards if you could. Like, that's the way it mm-hmm. was. That's how good the drugs were back then. Mm-hmm. So she confirmed it. And you were like, what? I, I, I can't... Why, Why confirm it though? Why, Why not? Why not? Like, Richard Pryor. So I thought about this. Richard Pryor was fucking insane. I mean, absolutely insane. He grew up in a whorehouse in Peoria, Illinois. Right. Um, he was his whole life was crazy. This only adds to the allure and the craziness of it, where you're like, yeah, fuck. I mean, he got he burned himself alive with, with a yeah. crack pipe. Like his entire life was crazy. We, we aren't like bringing down a pure. No, you're throwing another log <laughs> on that idol. legend yeah, of the yeah. fire of yeah. Richard fucking Pryor, yeah. um, which was amazing. And I was like, shit. Th- then, then after that, I was like, maybe the rest of the article's true. Um, so I, I went back and reread it, which a lot of people have. This started trending on Twitter, Quincy Jones. People have reread this article. I, it's in vulture five ten times yeah um now going back through it going holy shit all right if this is true then maybe everything else he said in this article was true um so we're gonna go over some of the some of the greatest hits from this article because they're crazy and I, look it just it didn't stop all the way through the first one was michael jackson and they asked him um what was something people didn't understand about Michael Jackson? And he said, look, I hate Quincy Jones said, I hate to get into this publicly, but Michael Jackson <laughs> stole a lot of his stuff, stole a lot of his, his music. Um, he, stole, he said he stole Donna Summer's state of independence uh, for Bill, for the song, Billy Jean. And he goes, the notes don't lie, man. Um, he was as Machiavellian as they come. 
meaning he was a fucking cutthroat gangster. Right. Um, greedy. So he goes on and he says, how so? He's, he's fucking greedy. He said, don't stop till you get enough. That song See? was uh, Greg Phalangis. He said he wrote the entire C section, this guy named Greg. And, uh, and he said Michael should have given him percentage of the song, but wouldn't do it. Refused. Refused to do it. Like he didn't have money to do it. Right. It's like. Um, it, the reason I find this in particularly fascinating is by Quincy Jones naming other songs that he's biting from or getting influence on, there, there is, there is a, a, a big story about Ed Sheeran that is going around right now of Ed Sheeran stealing music as well. Okay. And uh, what I didn't know, I didn't know anything about this. Um, I, I had briefly kind of passed over this article and I was like, huh, that's interesting. The, what they were claiming was Ed Sheeran was listening to other artists' music. Uh, one in particular was Tom Petty, that he was writing an album and he was listening to Tom Petty as inspiration. Tom Petty, the, the and again, I'm not a musician, but I, I, I understand what they're saying is the notes kind of match up the same and it's the same sing-songy type of phrase the same way which to me is a hard one to justify, right? Yeah. Um, because Donna Summers never sued for Michael Jackson estate. Michael Jackson or the estate for this. Neither has this guy, to my knowledge. Um, because I, I, would, I would think that would be hard to prove in court. Turns out it wasn't. Turns out Tom Petty actually did sue Ed Sheeran, won, and is now listed as, as a writer on a couple of Ed Sheeran's songs. And that happened before he passed away. But Tom Petty... And Ed Sheeran agreed to settle it out of court. Um, therefore, it did not become a news story. However, four or five artists have also sued Ed Sheeran for borrowing or stealing their type of sound. Same thing. These lawsuits have gone forward and Ed Sheeran's given them writing credits and a financial cut of these songs. That's weird. Yeah. So with this Michael Jackson shit, when, when this popped up in this Quincy Jones interview, I was like, ah, fuck, we, we got the same case on this. Mm -hmm. um, makes sense. Now I, I'm sure people are going to go back and start comparing these songs and finding out, you know, if Greg Phalangis is still alive and, uh, uh, and see what that's like. They were asking Quincy Jones about the surgery, about all Michael Jackson's surgery. He said it wasn't a pigment disease and it wasn't, you know, that, no. that he was trying to... We all uh, kind of knew that, though, right? A little bit. I, I I figured as much, but like a close friend now saying it, and now it makes sense. He said he got all this plastic surgery because his dad called him ugly all these years, and he was physically abused, and he wanted to change his appearance. That makes sense. I, like, That's pretty common, actually. With yeah. People that are like abused when they look in the mirror, they want to like see someone else. He just sure. went really <laughs> far, and and and. I mean, completely different to a, a woman. Yeah. But, uh, they brought up the Trumps because, look, again, Quincy Jones has been the centerpiece. If there is a fucking Illuminati and you believe this shit and you believe there is an Illuminati in this world, I am convinced and have been forever. Quincy Jones is the center of it and everybody else spreads around it. I told this story on the podcast a while, a while back. I don't know what number show it was about when they were going to elect or, or uh, Barack Obama was running for president. Before he decided to announce that he was running for president, they had a huge dinner at Quincy Jones's house. And Quincy Jones had called together Oprah and the most powerful black people in the community and said, how do we get this guy elected president? 
And it all started at Quincy Jones's house, including Obama. And then they fanned out from there and went on to make this historic achievement happen. But it all started with Quincy Jones. Uh, you go back and watch like, you know, Ray Charles, the Ray Charles movie and all that shit. He was playing with Quincy Jones. Like he was the guy who was leading Ray around at the beginning of the movie, you know, at yep. 15, 16 years old. Oh, he has his hands in everything, everything for 50 years. Everything. You go back and look at these Spielberg movies. He was, he helped, uh, he scored the entire color purple. Right. Like Jesus Christ. Uh, Oprah got an Oscar from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, you're going back in like real films where you're just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, for years and years and years. So you're not only just starting with musicians, but you know, he moved into movies, politics, everything else. He was friends with the Clintons um, for a very, very long time. Uh, back when they were running again, he didn't say what, what the connection was, but he was friends with them when they were running and they got in office. I'm talking about Bill, of course. Yes. Um, and, uh, but, but he claims that he, in this article, he, he hates them. Um, and yes. And he said that fucking, uh, Hillary's just a, a fucking killer that, that karma's oh, a yeah. bitch and, uh, whatever she did or has done over the years mm-hmm. that all of this shit was coming back to her. Yep. Now yep. he also talks about the Trumps. He knows the Trumps claim to, uh, to have dated Ivanka Trump tw- 12 years ago. That's gross. So I looked up his age. He's 84 years old. This would have had to have taken place at 72 years old. I find that one a little hard to believe. Mm-hmm. That one was the only one that didn't turn up. But, but it didn't turn up completely false either. It turned up that they had dinner together, that she had called him to have dinner. Um, oh. So uh, did anything happen? I, I doubt it at 72 years old. I, could, I doubt Ivanka Trump is fucking... Quincy Jones at 72 years old. Cause let's face it. Why would he say that then? Ah, is it like sounds, sounds cool? Like, you know, it doesn't sound that cool. It sounds like it's connecting possibly him to a me too moment. No, no I, he just said, look, she was beautiful. And he, you know, I, I don't know his okay. version of dated or gone out on a date. Like, Might be old school. Yeah. So I, maybe in his mind, they went on a date. I find it hard to believe on this one. For Ivanka's part, where she's already rich. The only reason a, a young, hot girl like that would go out with somebody like that, like, like Quincy Jones at his age, um, is to try to make it in the music industry or some other industry. Like, I don't see her going, man, you know who's attractive at 72 years old? Quincy Jones. Here's the thing. If you want to make it in any industry, like even if she was like fashion, which she is, who would you go to? Quincy. Maybe Quincy Jones. Maybe. Maybe. Listen, he could get you. You're right. Where you're, you're, you want to go. You're absolutely right. Maybe. Um, but I, I have a hard time believing that, that the Donald couldn't already do that shit. Yeah. And I, <laughs> that one's rough. So he also said uh, he knew her. He knew her. The parents, you know, he knows Donald. Uh, he said Donald's a, an egomaniac and a child and what, same shit. Oh, um, so he is. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Look, you don't have to like him. Yeah, exactly. As a person. Yeah, exactly. It's just what it is. Yeah. Um, then he goes on to, to talk about Kennedy. And they said, mm. what, what, the, the, the interviewer said, what is something you wish you didn't know? And he goes, wish I didn't know who killed Kennedy. It just sort of. But listen, like, what if you were in the interview? Like, is there part of it that would kind of sound like the delusions of like a 
One, a guy that like too much power has like gotten to your one would think brain. But, but he's again. That he you is think the, you know everything. He's the one person though that I, I believe truly does, does know everything. Like okay. for real. Okay. Um, and, and I'm just he, saying like. This guy followed up and he said, who did it? And he said, uh, this Sam Giancana, which that, that, this story has been, this rumor has been floated for years. Uh, and he goes into to more in detail and he says the connection that was there between Sinatra and the mafia and Kennedy, Joe Kennedy, uh, who he says was a bad man. That's, uh, JFK's father, obviously. Uh, he came to Frank and have him, Frank Sinatra and had him talk to, Giancana about getting votes because at the time he needed the state of Illinois. Everything ran through the mob back then. Um, he JFK ended up winning the state of Illinois and ended up taking the presidency. I, I don't find that one hard to believe, um, to, to be honest, because that, that story has been floated for years. And if, if somebody is this tapped in politically for this amount of years, like, because uh, he, look, he helped produce Sinatra's album. So he's clearly friends with Sinatra. Okay. Um, no, do you not think this? No, I do. I guess it just sounds so... I guess, you know, any any person that has a Kennedy theory that, that is, like, so staunch about it, it sounds crazy a little bit, right? With him, it's like, okay, you are actually the only person that I would say maybe knows out of all these people that have these crackpot theories, right? I, I would say this, if this theory, if he would have came back and said there was somebody in the grassy knoll or it was, you're like, okay, or Russia oh. or something else. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, get it together today. You cannot get it together today. It's, I mean, it is, it is chaos. Um, for those of you who can't see her on the audio <laughs> Why show. Why are you so mean to me right now? I'm not, Jesse. Yeah, you're coming for me. You were, you were. <laughs> fumbling around today sometimes you you eat the bar and sometimes the bar eats you yeah you know what yeah. i mean um she just she you can't see it if you're if you're listening if you want to see it go look yeah that's go, the thing go just look go, the video. go to the video we're but not going to explain what's happening she just about knocked the microphone <laughs> off the table um no shut but up with this oh, James, <laughs> just get it together just fucking google search man stop um with this with this with this kennedy thing though like if you would have said there was somebody in the grassy knoll or said uh, some weird outlandish theory, then I would have been like, come on, bro. That's an old man speak. But I, I've heard this, this fucking Chicago mobster story before. Okay. This has been popping up over the years. And uh, I, I, I probably, I, like I'll side with Quincy Jones on this one. Okay. Um, when, when, he, <laughs> when he was talking about the Beatles in this article, so what, what are your first impressions of the Beatles? And he said they were the fucking worst musicians in the world. This right? also makes you happy. Yeah, because like... They're you not, hate the Beatles. No, I don't hate the Beatles. I don't. I just like... They aren't amazing to me. Sure. There are a couple songs that I love. Right? Right. But I don't... I, they weren't like innovative i don't know oh my god there's, there's a, no way there's a funny there's meme no that's way. like britney's toxic is better than any beatles song there I said you're it. kidding oh my god <laughs> I, can't, I can't even get into this i know i know i'm just joking I I, i'm just joking this. i just don't um it's not a band that i would like put it on and be like yeah let's listen to the beatles 
they are what they were and I respect it, but there, there's no part of me. What about you? Do you I, love just like throwing on a Beatles album and so grooving? I, I'll tell you what I, I got, I've always been a Stones guy, right? And, and a lot of people have always gone Stones versus Beatle in this great debate of greatest rock band of all time. It's Stones for me personally, but enough people over the years had said the Beatles influence them in everything. So all of these rock documentaries, every fucking rock book bio I've read always says it was the Beatles who did this, the white, the Beatles white, white album, everything else. Rolling Stone put out an issue of the hundred greatest albums of all time. White albums, number one. So I, I went back and gave it a shot. Okay. I, in college, I bought every single fucking Beatles album that was ever made. And I listened to it over and over and over again for like two weeks. I was in a music appreciation class and, uh, and we had to do this. You had to appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. You had to do this, this, this thing on the Beatles. I I was in the camp originally before listening to all of their stuff that the Beatles were kind of a snooze, kind of like a monkeys type band to me where it was just whatever. The more and more I dug into their entire collection, um, the more and more I appreciated their genius and what they did, like they really fucking changed the, changed the game, uh, as far as like psychedelics, rock, all that shit. And then the more and more I read on the stones when they were like, Hey man, we kind of got into drugs and experimenting with our music because of the Beatles. I was like, shit, it, all the roads lead back to the Beatles, all the roads before that, as far as rock go, Probably lead back to Chuck Berry first. Um, yes, yeah. as far as rock and roll goes, but, but they would say as far that as too. expanding the sound of of rock music, yes, the Beatles are every bit as great as I think they deserve credit for. Uh, in this article with Quincy Jones, he says that Paul McCartney was the worst bass player he ever heard, and Ringo, he said, don't even think about it; he was terrible. Um, he said it, there was a time where he was uh, in the studio with, with George Martin, Ringo, uh, and they had taken three hours for this four-bar thing to try to fix this song, and they couldn't get it. Um, so they said to him, hey, why don't you guys go down, uh, get some beer and some food, um, just give it like an hour and a half and come back and relax. Uh, he called in a jazz drummer, this guy named Ronnie Varell, Ver- Ver- um, came in 15 minutes, recorded the same exact thing that he needed Ringo to record, ripped it the fuck up and then left. After the band came back, they came back in and said, man, uh, play that track that we were playing. And he played this instead. And Ringo was like, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. Uh, And Quincy Jones in this article says, yeah, motherfucker, because it's not you. And they essentially just played this guy's track, Um, which, you know, from watching all these rock documentaries, happens a lot so like who ultimately gets the credit for it is usually something else you're right over there yeah uh, <laughs> you got something in your eye huh look i'm gonna get through it yeah yeah um but but you know watching that foo fighters documentary um oh yeah but those are some talented motherfuckers who um foo fighters yep two of them are uh, what you, do you mean two of them are? You, you go back and watch that documentary. Uh, Dave Grohl was playing the drums, playing the guitars, mm. playing, playing all of the shit. And then over True. the years, quietly throwing all of these people out of the band because he was playing it anyways and they couldn't play what he, he was playing. True. And so they went, they went in and these musicians would just re-record essentially 
what Dave Grohl was already playing. So like this, this shit makes sense. Um, he does look Quincy Jones does give credit though to who do you like white, white guy bands, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause he says in this article, he says, look, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, rock and roll is just stealing from rhythm and blues. So all these white musicians were just stealing from uh, black musicians, blue, blues artists anyways. What the, but that's what they say. I mean, the Rolling Stones openly say. Like, Always say it. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And I mean, I don't know if that's good enough. Probably not. <laughs> we stole from you, but we really liked you. Like, I, thanks. <laughs> I don't know because it's like, you know, originally where did it go? Like, was it Elvis? Was it? Uh, who knows? It wasn't Elvis, but yeah. I, I, I don't think so either. But there is no definitive person that you're like, ah, that's it. The guest has always been Chuck Berry. But truthfully, that started like that kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. Rock, rock rock music. And, you know, uh, there's some other guys, too, that came after him. But uh, he he said that he liked Clapton's band and he he liked Cream. And he goes, those guys were talented as shit. Um, Hell yeah. uh, He claims Jimi Hendrix is not as talented as everybody says. Hmm. He says that there were others better than Hendrix. And he said that most of the guys that he used to play with um, in his band because uh, they used to back up a lot of other people and play on other people's shit. And he goes, uh, look, man, they, we asked Hendrix to play a million times and he wouldn't play because he was afraid of getting housed by these, these other musicians. And that could be the case. But that's true with anything, don't you yeah, think? Like, I, I think so. There's people that are the best, but they don't tick all the boxes or do all the right things to get to certain places. Right. Like a good example of that is... Tanya Harding which is like back in the whole news again where she was like the best right better than anyone else on that ice at that time but didn't quite fit all the criteria to get to the top so there's all those even Olympic athletes like they're not the best they're the ones that had the means yep had the like money to get to where they are had the like upbringing were in the right place at the right time so and I and I, I I might have told this story that I had dinner with Katy Perry's writer um, years ago for all of you know all of her big songs, and I I said I asked her I was like why aren't you doing this? And she was like, well, I'm trying, but I don't fit the boxes like Katy Perry does. Right. Katy Perry's hot, huge tits. I'm a fucking baby, even but though I'm 32 also, years old. Right, but it's also willing to do all the things that like some like true artist or true whatever like I, there, won't there is, do. There's like, a lot of artists out there that that will though. They're they're will. willing to do it, but they just don't get that shot. Yes, 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 yeah. Or they're not great at it, or they're not you know this right kind of personable, or this right kind of like I'm gonna network every day, everything. You know what I mean? Like sure, that part is a whole nother part to an artist or a athlete or whatever, you don't realize that there's also like a business side to everything. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And there's some people that can do this thing really great, right? Right. The artist part, the whatever musician, athlete. But in order to do both, if you can do both is when you get to the top of the podium, right? Of anything. Of anything. And it's, you know, that you have a side of it that's sticking to your guns. Like, you know, Sylvester Stallone with Rocky. I'm not going to make this movie unless I star in it. You know, kind of like the Good Will Hunting thing uh, as well. Um, there's an element of that, like, t- too, where it's like, when do you give up? Do you give this to somebody else? Do you let somebody else use your song? Do you, in any field that, that, yeah. that, that you're into. <clears throat> and uh, 
you know, the biggest case of that is when, when I announced the sequel for us, and by the way, not in the world, but, but for us, when I announced the sequel to A Night She Cries While He Rides His Steed, all the comments were like, I don't understand why this isn't a movie. Why, why don't you make this into a movie? It's a gigantic budget, and a studio is not going to give me that budget. Right. If I turn this book over to fucking Will Ferrell or Danny McBride, would this get made quicker? Yes, it would. I don't want to do that. So I, I'm the one that's impeding this, probably. It could really easily turn into that, what was the Western that Seth... Exactly. And you could tell that that's not what he wanted to do. A Thousand Ways to Die in the West or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like but, it uh, could have been funny good whatever but it, he insisted with, with someone on, else yeah starring in he it. insisted on starring in it yeah, right yeah. and then on top of that letting a big studio ruin it so yeah. both those things he were, had I, I would say this seth MacFarlane had total creative control on that because he was just coming oh, off so of, then of he's ted just not great yes he's not great at that and i think and i look by the way i'm saying this with pure love for seth MacFarlane because i i've worked with him and he's the fucking greatest dude on the planet however he wants to star in shit and that is crazy to me um i think that stems from other reasons but uh you know it is what it is he's currently starring in a fox show right now the orville oh that's right yeah forgot about that huh forgot about it forgot about dre didn't even want i would never never forget about dre yeah, yeah don't you dare forget about dre um but uh yeah i i wouldn't even give that a look see so because I, I know he's not a leading man, he's not good enough anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's an example of someone that uh, is sticking to their guns despite probably a lot of people being like, Hey man. Hey man. So there, there's the that gals. fine line too of like, when do you, what is it? Kill the puppies or what do you, you know, kill your baby. Yeah. When do you go like, okay, this would be better if this happened. Or there's no way that it would be better. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, for me, my, my answer is simple for, for Night She Cries and then the sequel is I, I've been playing St. James' this character in films now for since 2010. Done three movies, I think, with St. James. Um, and, and the audio book for it. It's like everybody knows that character already. So I, right. I can't just give it to somebody else and everybody, you know, anybody be cool with it. Mm-hmm. People who are originally fans of it. Um, there would be a fucking uproar for it. And you're so conditioned to that voice on the audible and in the movies that it's like, it's so specific. I don't know how you would duplicate it. Um, So it's kind of the only option. Uh, And also like, I just don't want somebody else to fuck it up. Um, And that's me. And and like, I'll be willing to fucking ride down that train with it. But uh, you you know, that comes up a lot in, in different artists life and uh, music and, and everything else. So, yeah, who fucking knows, man? Yeah. Who fucking knows? Yeah. Um, he would not, he would not uh, say anything negative about Bill Cosby. Which really? Which I find really interesting. You know, he's You'll doing go in stand-up on Trump. again? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know that people are going to see it? No. Are they really? Yeah. I, I read that he was going to do stand-up. And, yeah, he's and, been doing, he's been oh getting God. up. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And I, part of me wants to think that the people that are staying are like, um, just wanting to see the train wreck. Right. I hope that they're not like, yeah, like, cause I, it's I, a I, lot of times it's a surprise. He'll just get up. It's not sure. like they've gone to like Steve. Yeah. 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 I, I think, <sighs> I, I think if he put it out God, damn it. in the press, what? I mean, a rapist is just like sitting up there like crazy telling stories, and we're just, rapping <laughs> about life. Yeah. I, I think there's a big, 
I would say 25% of the population who grew up with Cosby doesn't want to believe that shit. Okay. Um, you know, I don't want to either, but when that many people, sorry, you have to, I mean, come on, but you, anyway, you have to, um, so he wouldn't go, he wouldn't drag him. No, he just said, were the allegations a surprise to you? Uh, the, the interviewer said, and he said, we can't, I, I we can't talk about this in public, man. I, I just don't want to. So like, I think he knew. So doesn't want to talk about it, but you'll talk about everything else. That's you'll, the you'll problem. Talk about, you'll talk about who shot JFK. Exactly. But you won't talk about Cosby being a rapist. That's the problem. So How much is that perpetuating the problem? Uh, it is. 100%. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 100%. Like, oh, uh, no, let's just, uh, let's just brush that aside. But uh, let me name names on the Kennedy assassination. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I can't. Get into that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they asked if Oprah would be a good president. He said, no, I don't think she should run, um, which, which that was surprising to me. Really? Yeah. Guess, again, her. knowing, well, they've been fr- besties for years and years and years. So Oprah has always said she looks up to him. And I, I didn't know anybody that Oprah looked up to. Quincy Jones is the only person she's ever said. This is the guy that I, I look up to in, in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have thought, being in their close friendship, he would have said yes, but he said no. I said, I, he said, I, I don't think any more people um, who aren't in a mm-hmm. position of leadership should, should run the country. And uh, yeah, I, that was a shock. Uh, <laughs> he, she doesn't want to. <laughs> you're going to love this one. Let's get over it. Yeah. He, they asked, is you two still making good music? And he said no. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And, and Bono, by the way, is one of his best friends. They do a lot of charity work together around the world. Um, they have for years and years and years and years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he kill himself after this interview? Well, look, here's the thing about Quincy Jones. The way he says it is, if you're Bono, I don't think you can... You Get can, pissed? Yes. And I'm going to read you the direct quote. He said, I love Bono with all my heart, but there's too much pressure on the band. He's doing good work all over the world. Um, he, Quincy Jones said he worked with him and Bob Geldof on debt relief, uh, all over the world. And it's one of the greatest things he's ever done. Um, and, uh, but he said there's too much pressure on the band to put out a, a good album. When I thought about it, I was like, you know, he's absolutely right. I, yeah. The, I think when you two became you two and started doing these crazy concerts, I mean, they've been doing crazy concerts for years, but like as shit got bigger and bigger, you need a hit album to fill up these stadiums and to, you need these rock anthems that we always call it. Oh, 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 oh with the oh. drum. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've ran, they've run out of them and they're hard to make as much fun as we make of these anthems, these rock anthems. If you have a band that can consistently pump out rock anthems, you're going to be a massive band around the world. Yeah. Um, but they're hard to make. Making a hit song is fucking hard. And I think he's right. There is too much pressure with everything that's going on, especially with who he is as a political figure around the world and all of this shit, to then go and sit in a studio, especially after making all of that money. Yeah. After making all of that money, how do you find the motivation to get back to your roots? and Also making all that money off the charities and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. How do you get enough sleep at night? Yeah. To also get into the studio. <laughs> how do you juggle that? And, you know, I, I, I found it interesting when we watched that Foo Fighters documentary of how Dave Grohl is always trying to switch it up of playing in cities, like recording in small 
spaces um, yeah. in his house, in, in, in his favorite studios around the country, mm-hmm. something to make it different. Uh, Jack White does the same thing where uh, he gives himself time limits on albums where it's like, great, I have 27 days to make an album. Let's fucking do it. Um, and he won't go past that. Like, I, I think when you get to a certain level of success, you need that. You need some type of boundary or limit to put on yourself when in real life, you have no limits. With that much money, you have no limits in this life. Uh, you just don't. The only thing you can't control when you get that rich is what your children are going to become. Because you, you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrities' kids always end up just kind of being there. You know, They really don't do too much, like a hell of a lot. Everything's just set. Yeah, everything's set. No struggle. And how do you find the motivation to create great art, whether it be in music or business or life or whatever it is? Um, There's also a flip side to that, putting time limit and like just whole, you know, going into a studio and just being like, we're doing it. I have friends that make movies and they're super like creative and don't have, they do it all themselves. So they don't have like a deadline, right. something, and it ends up taking forever. Years. Years yeah. because yeah. it's never, there's no one being like, all right, this cut, it's got to be due. So you look at it and you've, you know, you could go that place too when you're writing where it's like, it's not 100%. quite perfect. Yeah. Let's do another, let's do another draft. Your life changes, your perspective changes. You do another edit. It's yeah. like you have to find I, an end point. And I just went through this. Um, when I was out in uh, uh, Salt Lake City working with Matt on um, on his sketches, like uh, he has a different, uh, he will agonize over over sketches and, and just, I mean, watch it a thousand times over and over and over again. Over again, that's how a lot of like artists are. Some are. I I am not, and the reason being is I think whatever you created in that moment, I I give myself time. I, I'm one of those people like a Jack White or whatever, who, who I, I give myself a time period of like, all right, great. I'm going to work on this for X amount of days or months or whatever it is. And then it's done because in my life itself, things happen just exactly like you said. There is things that happen. And if you, to me personally, if you sit on things, not only are you going to find flaws that d- didn't exist or don't exist, um, but things in your life are going to change throughout the day. And, uh, it's going to affect your mood. It could infect, uh, affect a cut of something, of mm-hmm. an edit or something like mm-hmm. that. And uh, The world changes. Trends change. Yes. Things like, you know, you don't realize how much your whole perspective or what you think about things changes week to week, month to month. Yep. Uh, um, unless hour to hour a- even. Applying it Bef- to Before a- we got on the show today, I was in a fucking conference call that I was not happy about. Um, and I was pissed off about it. It took everything in me to be like, all right, great. I'm going to, I'm going to sit down. We're going to do a podcast and it's going to fucking rock. Um, but it took a minute. And it's really rocking. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really rocking you guys. Um, but, but, but things, again, things happen throughout your day and throughout your yes. life that if to me, if you don't put time limits on things, uh, and get them out, the other part of it is I, I also realized that I put out a lot of content and by content, I mean, books, movies, sketches, shit that it's like, I, I don't, I don't need time. I don't need a lot of time to waste on one project because there's a million other projects I want to do. Sure. So th- I think that that is also a factor in it. Um, like some of the people you've worked with in the past who spend years on movies, they don't have a lot of movies. And I will say like, 
they're brilliant. Like their shit is yeah, amazing, I- but um, it's just you have to you have to cut it off and hand it over or else you will be in the loop of trying to make it more amazing or more. It's like, right. Um, but again, like amazing stuff, but they're so crazy like that creative without the business side of it. Like I was saying before, without that, like, you know, let's Uh, do this, let's turn it in here. Let's try and get into this. Like, so yeah. That's where a lot of people get stuck in the artist loop of like, it's neither, not quite right. Yeah. N- neither is incorrect, by the way. I- and I want to point no, that out. No, but you have to meld the two. So you have to have someone there, you know, like right. how who's going to rein you in. Yeah. Rein you in or be the business side. So if you have yeah. a bunch of these like creative types together, I promise you absolutely nothing is going to get done. And then if you just have suits in the room, nothing creative is going to get done. Sure. So it's like you have to meld the two and they don't usually get along that great but no. it has to happen no with every creative endeavor i believe yeah besides um, like painting but it's like what are you what are you gonna yeah, do with that gonna, good luck but even painting you could spend years on the same painting sure over and over and over again if you wanted to sure it's, and it, t- it's totally and it will never get into a gallery and it'll never leave your your or you could room. be dead and you could end up like Picasso or something. And it's just like, everything was brilliant. You didn't need to spend all that time. Or Picasso maybe did. wasn't that good. Who knows? I, I have a problem with fucking art. I, I'm just, I hate museums. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Oh, that, you know. Hate museums. I you don't know how I feel about museums. I look museums. at art, like, I, I don't understand great art. And there's so many forgeries out there that it's like, I, I have no idea what's real and what's not real anymore. Um, what was that documentary we watched? And there was like, you know, 80% of art is like forged or something like that. Yeah. Um, it was a crazy high number. Same with wine now. Like wine is being forged. Um, I think they kind of like have a handle on that. But for a while. Boy. Yeah. So. I, look, yeah. Look. Uh, thankfully, I don't have enough money to buy those. Those. Um, bottles. Bottles yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be forged. So like I'm good. Like. I, w- would you. Would you buy a hundred thousand dollar bottle of wine if you could? No, but I would, that would be like, a, I don't know if you feel like that with whiskey where it's like, it feels a certain, like it, <clears throat> if something happened in your life that was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. That, and you're celebrating with like, you know what I mean? You made this amount. It would feel good to celebrate with like a really expensive yes. glass of whiskey. Right. So for me, it would be like, oh my God, like you're pulling out that bottle or whatever right, right, right. and I'm going to try it. I wouldn't personally buy it. Gotcha. Because I drink wine too fast. Sure. For it to make any sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be like a good celebratory moment for me. Gotcha. Like it wouldn't be the whiskey or whatever, but it would be. I remember the first time I splurged on something like that, like something really great happened in my life. And I was like, give me your finest champagne. Oh, okay. And uh, they brought it out. We, we had it. And it, to me, it was shit champagne yeah it's champagne I, I know i've had great wine before and right we talked about it on that jennifer lopez episode yeah. that what great wine does make a difference i think so so does whiskey yeah um wh- whiskey does make a difference as well mm-hmm. um champagne is not one of them no uh but yeah uh i i don't know um but uh in this it, this article goes on to to talk about we are the world he did we are the world <laughs> yeah motherfuckers done everything Oh, yes. He's done everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, He's in the background of everything, basically. Yeah, he, that pro- he produced that. That you've ever seen or ever. And he said, uh, I heard, he goes, this, this interviewer said, over the years, I've heard rumors that a bunch of artists 
were unhappy with that song and they didn't like that song. And he goes, it's not true. Only one, only one, one was a, said that and only one was a problem. And they were like, oh, who was it? And he goes, it was Cindy Lauper and she was a fucking bitch. Really? I thought yeah. it was Dylan. No. Maybe it's just that shot of him just looking miserable. Well, Dylan always looks miserable. True. Look at every shot of Dylan. True. He looks miserable. Bob Dylan. Um, but yeah, he said she was a bitch and he just wanted to record her shit and get her the fuck out of there. He was like, yeah, she came in. She had a bunch of bracelets and necklaces, wanted to do a bunch of takes. And like shaking her out. Yeah, and all you could hear it was in the mic. And it was just like, she was like, just get her the fuck out of here. Um, He said, they asked what musicians deserve more acclaim. The brothers Johnson agreed, James Ingram, uh, and then Tevin Campbell, which, remember Tevin Campbell as a kid? He was like a little, a child artist. Um, He was supposed to be like the next Michael Jackson. Okay. And I don't know any of those guys. He was pretty good, but like, I, you know, I don't know, kind of Bobby Brownish to me, but like as a kid, okay. as a kid, like, but more clean cut, you know, like Bobby Brown New Editions style. And I was like, that okay. was a weird one. And I was like, oh, Devin Campbell, really? Okay. Um, that's kind of crazy. Uh, and then, you know, he goes on to, to talk about, uh, I mean, obviously the fucking sex story with brando um, okay which then was, he really gets into it he gets which loose. was confirmed sure. um and then the, the last of it he was talking about um uh the album there was a tribute album that was made for him and a bunch of artists like rappers were going to do tributes to like quincy jones songs that got made he said he didn't want to make the album uh but the rappers did and he felt like you know he needed to do it for them, but he was just like, man, I didn't want to fucking do this shit. Um, and, uh, and he goes, well, how did you think it turned out afterwards? And he goes, I think it turned out shitty. And he uh, he was just like, you know, they did it. I agreed to it. So he's like, I can't bitch, but he turned out shitty. And he goes, you know, trying to talk to fucking T-Pain about shit was crazy. And he doesn't put the time in. Um, and he's lazy. And, uh, they asked T-Pain about it and he said, yeah, it's true. That he was lazy yeah. and he didn't put the time in. He said it was fucking true. So yeah, nobody okay. denied any of this shit. Well, you can't. It's Quincy, right? You can. Fuck yeah, you can. Um, you know, like Ivanka Trump came out and said I had dinner with him. Um, but, okay. but yeah, and it, by the way, in this article, it was related to the fashion world. Mm. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, okay. S- kind of surprising, if you will. Uh, lastly, they asked him, uh, is there any artists you like today? Because he thinks today's music is garbage. Sure. Across the board. Agreed, kind of. Mumble rap and, and all of that shit. He was just like, and his, his reasoning for it was exactly what we said. He was just like, look, um, music today, he goes, you have all these people who want to be famous, but not actual musicians. So therefore, they're not taking the time to learn how to read sheet music, to learn how to uh, play instruments properly, like uh, to learn the scales of, of all of this shit, which is back in the day you had to. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way you could join a band or, or do things. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now he goes, it's all beats, loops and shit like that. And uh, he goes, you don't really have to be good to do it. You, you know, you get a fucking a catchy hook or something. You're good to go. Hey, you could be like the Beatles, which is totally true. Like I fucking... I I do rap songs. Yeah, I caught that, James. What? Yeah, you could be like the Beatles. Come on, I can't even. That one I can't stand for. Uh, but uh, you know, I, like I, I do these comedy rap songs. Mm-hmm. I buy the beats pre-made. Um, I, I I am the first person to tell you, like, 
I can put a song together, but it is literally edited line by line, essentially. You're not um, a musician. I'm not a musician. Right. I don't understand notes. Mm-hmm. I don't understand breaks. Um, any of that shit whatsoever. I hire a producer who does, and then I put those tracks together, and and boom, they're fucking sweet. But I, I do write them. I do write the music. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't know nothing musically about it. Um, these songs to do it. I've got to have somebody to arrange it for me, which is kind of like everybody else in this world. Like rapper wise, you can rap without knowing anything about music. Yeah. The producers do all of yeah. that. And, yeah. And it's like, dude, you, you will never know anything about music. Um, and, and that's totally true. The, the ones that he said that that were great today, he, he did say Kendrick Lamar was awesome. Okay. Um, he was a big fan of chance, the rapper. Okay. Um, nice. He was a big fan of uh, Ed Sheeran. Uh, Sam Smith and um, uh, the producer Mark Ronson, who we just watched that documentary about. Oh, okay. On Lady Gaga. He yes, did yes. Lady Gaga's album. Yes. And he goes, Mark Ronson is a really talented producer. So he does, he, it wasn't like he shit on everybody completely. He did, he did say, hey, these people were great and the rest of them, you know, are shit. Here's why and, and X, Y, and Z. And it was just like, God damn, Quincy Jones is dropping bombs in this motherfucker. Uh, and it was spectacular. Like it was goddamn super fascinating read. It was burn it down to me. It was like, yeah, but at 84, you know, and your Quincy Jones, like shit, he's seen it, done it all. If there is a guy to ask the truth of like that, Quincy is your fucking dude for that. So, um, unbelievably fascinating. Uh, the, the other thing I want to get to is the crocodile Dundee movie. Mm-hmm. Not real. <laughs> That's not crazy, though. Crazy. Is crazy. it really not real? It's not. No, it's for... Uh, not that I ever wanted to see it, but it just looked so... So it was a hoax for... And it was, uh, the, it, it was shot for uh, Australian tourism to get people more interested in Australian tourism. There is people out there that say they want to see this movie now. Um, I don't know who the fuck they are, but uh, that, that, but that made me happy. A bunch of listeners wrote in. They were like, hey, man, this is fake. Um, and I had read the article after that and I was like, okay. and I, cause it, they announced that it was a hoax and it was fake. And I was like, I read the article after that and I was like, oh shit, thank God. Because if you're starting to remake Crocodile Dundee, like fucking Mm-mm. hell, dude, Mm-mm. that's Paul Hogan is sacred. Uh, uh, no, not that he's sacred, but oh yes, he can get right back in there and play it. He looks great. It does look great. It does look great. But, uh, you can know, you fuck man. I, I, I did not want to see that. No, I think they learned with Baywatch and shit like that. Hopefully they learned with Baywatch and shit like that. But uh, thankfully, that is that is not real. It's a Um, really elaborate hoax. Like they had like action sequence and like, I mean, it was a full on trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they spent. Wow. Fuck ton of money on that thing. So I mean, I would want to go to Australia anyways. So I don't know why they needed such a boost. Well, every every state and country mm-hmm. makes tourism videos. Yeah. And there, there is an allotted budget in, um, in the, uh, for every state and, and mm-hmm. country to make, you know, advertising okay. videos for that, that thing. Um, my partner in Street Justice Films did, did the videos for the state of California. Oh, he did that? One year, yeah, yeah. So it was like, come to California. And then, you know, you shot all over and did helicopters and all this shit to get, uh, it's one of those tourism visit videos. And it was, it was expensive. Like yeah. it was a costly shoot for that. Well, it's for a whole state. It, it is, but like helicopters mm-hmm. and, and everything else. They got celebrities and come to LA, come to, you, you know, you get it. The whole fucking 
I do. It makes me want to go for sure. Kit and caboodle. Um, last thing I want to talk about is what we're watching. And uh, Comedians and Cars, we finished up mm-hmm. the best. Love it. Uh, Super Dave Osborne. I hope they bring that. I hope Netflix ends up bringing that show back. That would be awesome. And that he is willing to do it. He'd be willing to do it for you sure. Think? Yeah. I, I do. I think, though, the only thing that I thought of when we were watching is like, fuck, you might have run out of comedians at this point. No. And he kind of branches out. It's not uh, only comedians, but really? Oh, my God. There's so many. Not that are super famous, like making movies. Like, like there's a bunch of comedic actors on television, but not in films. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could get Melissa McCarthy. And uh, yes, there, there is some, but like, um, you know. Uh, shit but also that he you could tell that everyone in that is people that he liked and that he wanted to talk to i don't know because this is ziz ansari yeah he didn't really love that that seemed weird um and you know you had to meet him on a bus and then he ended up driving the bus just to do it and i I don't know aziz like left early like i gotta go yeah jerry seinfeld exactly i gotta go exactly so like there there was a couple in there that i was just like eh um, but, uh, I w- I, w- I would like to see that show come back for sure. It was for great. Sure. Um, the, we, we, we switched over. We, we start. we watched one episode and we will not be watching anymore of, of coach Snoop coach Snoop last night. And the reason why I want to talk about this is Snoop Dogg has gotten a lot of press over the years for creating this Snoop Snoop Dogg youth football league. Snoopy league. Yeah. Getting kids, you know, off the streets, giving them a place to go. Which is great. It is great. And uh, they have like nice uniforms. He puts they travel foots the bill for all of this. Yeah, they they travel to other states, play other teams like it's they uh, practice five, six, five five days days a week, five days a week. They're picked up from their house. I mean, this is really good stuff. It's great. Uh, The problem is he hires a coach Hmm. for these kids who is the worst human being on the planet. Yeah. He says the word fuck every other word. Which is fine in real life, just not f- fine in front of 12-year-old kids. It's fine even, I think, maybe in college ball. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. I, Get the fuck over here. Like, you know, when you're... Because you, you asked me, you turned to me and you said, in, when you were playing high school football, did your coach talk to you like that? I said, no. No, he didn't. No. 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 Um, and he would get angrier than all hell, but he never fucking said... Fuck one single motherfucker. Time. Get the fuck over here. No. Get the, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, it was like this to these kids. Not one single time did, did anybody on our coaching staff and we had a big coaching staff. We went to I went to a huge high school. Um, I would say there was probably 10 coaches. And I, I don't think I heard one of them say the word fuck ever. Yeah. And uh, this was a big coach who was known for being aggressive. His father was a famous College football coach. So, like, if there was a guy who would have done it, it probably would have been this guy, and he didn't do it. Right. Uh, the, the coaches didn't swear. And, like, you remember that growing up, you know? Um, we swore behind the coaches' back all the time. For sure. Yeah. And that's okay. I, I remember. You do that, but you will remember that the person that you're supposed to be looking up to. Yes. The man. Yep. Does not curse at you. Doesn't lose his cool, like, with other people. Yeah. You know, maybe on the field he gets super passionate, but like in real life, he conducts himself in a yes, and and, and a the, role model worthy way. The other flip to this that I was thinking about today was um, I get a bunch of scholarship offers out of high school. You get visits by the NCAA, three official visits, and you get to go and take those visits. I had I had known 
scholarship offers started coming in, but I was also going to, to football camp, uh, in particular, University of Alabama. Uh, I used to go to camp too in the summers before I would start my season. Um, and I remember I got caught on, because they were all college coaches. It was all University of Alabama's coaches. Um, I had made a bad play and I had said, fuck this. Fuck me. I can't believe I fucking did this. Like something to that effect. And sure. I, was, I was angry at myself, but it was overheard by the coaching staff. Right. And I got f- fucking thrown mm-hmm. underneath the bus for it of like, mm-hmm. hey, watch your fucking language. Well, I mean, I didn't say fuck, but uh, they said, watch, they go, watch your fucking language. No, but they said, watch, watch your language. We don't talk like that out here. Yes. You know, if, if anybody's going to talk like that out here, it's going to be us. And even then we're not going to talk. Sure. Like that. And that's what I would expect. Yes. Um, in ages, you know, younger than 17, I was, 18, e- even then, like I, I was 17 at the time and they, st- okay. it still was not appropriate for me to swear on a college football field. Okay. Um, and I learned that. And I will say this. I'm glad I learned that lesson because when I took the rest of my visits, I knew that even in passing or joking or in casual conversation, that I couldn't say, fuck every other word to people or at mm-hmm. all to these coaches, the coaching staff, or any of the people that were taking me through these visits. Um, because it, it got back and you look like a shitty person for doing it. Yeah. Um, and when you're low, older. Yeah. But it's still low class. Like I know even when I say like, fuck, it doesn't, it's not cute. It's just like the way that I'm talking right now with you. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. I know that it doesn't, it's not like attractive. It's actually like, you know, I think it's kind of not attractive when it's every other, you know, when someone like curses a lot, it's very like jarring. Don't you think? It, it can, like, it can be I, like whatever, but I, 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 I don't know. I I've been doing stand up for many years and it might, well, off and on, I would say, cause for, so when I started, I think I was 16 and I think I quit around 23, 24, somewhere in there. And, but, and I use the word fuck a lot. Right. And I think at a certain age, a lot of people do, they, they, they can say it. They're allowed. Nobody's telling them they're in that group, whatever it may be. You're with your buddies. You say it a lot. And it's like, it takes a certain situation or a job interview, or you like say it in front of someone's mom or whatever for you to be like, Oh, can't say that all the time. All the time. Right. right. Um, you know, and with your buddies or whatever, it's like, go crazy. But, um, and if you're, it's, it's jarring. Yeah. And if you're a parent, try to make it through one episode on Netflix of coach Snoop. Just the first, the pilot episode, the very first episode and see how that coaches around those kids and what happens throughout that show. You'll be blown away. You'll be like, oh gosh, we could really do a lot better with, for these kids. Yeah. If you're going so far as to like buy them these nice uniforms, pick them up every day, fly them to games. Like you can at least pick someone that's going to be a positive male role model for them in their snoop, life snoop dogg i think is when he's on the field like yeah absolutely. they look at his videos or whatever yeah, later yeah. that's fine but he doesn't seem to be doing that he seems to be being like you need to conduct yourself in a certain way yes and also this guy on top of cursing that's not the only thing it's like there's an airplane incident where he's like yelling at a woman stewardess yeah. they get kicked off the plane yeah he's fuck 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 every other word yelling at this guy um, and then when they get to the game, he's yelling at the other coaches, fuck this, you motherfuckers. So it's like this person 
is teaching those kids. He's with them five days a week. Yeah. yeah. So this person is teaching those kids how to be, how to talk, how to act when you're disrespected. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It, um, was, it was cringeworthy. Would, would you say that that's a fair assessment? Like it's it, a, you're like, oh, boy, it's cringeworthy because you're just like, oh, I, I get that. Like, that's probably better than what these kids are seeing at home. And they're, I mean, these kids are from the ghetto ghetto gang, like, yeah, the shit. So like, this is better. But it was just like, oh, God, you yeah. can do better. I know. You can relate to kids and get on their level, even from that background, without talking like that and acting like that. It was crazy to see. Yeah, it it was super crazy. So like that, that's one that you should probably pass on. Yeah, because there's other people doing stuff like that. Like there's this guy in New Orleans that's like, you know, started this band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For kids. And he's like a, you know, like a positive. Was he like a football player, I think? I forget. I forget his whole story. He was something like that. And he started a whole like band. They go like same thing five days a week. They go there after school. And it's like they learn to conduct themselves in like at least a little bit more noble. Sure. Fashion. I don't know. It was hard to watch you guys. So so tell us what you think. Yeah. If I'm if we're off base and that's like the way that you get through to people, yeah. kids that are like going through that. I have no idea. By but, all means, right, right into the show. But, um, huh. yeah, yeah, it was hard. And there's nothing to watch you guys nothing. right now. Zero, zero out there. Oh, cause we've watched the end of the we've world. Watched everything. Uh, eh, it is what it is. Um, this will bring us to the revolutionary figure of the day. Shall we, Jabes? We shall. Revolutionary figure of the day. It's, it's going to Quincy Jones. Like it is obviously going to Quincy How fucking could Jones. It not? Again, if there is an Illuminati out there, I am convinced he would be the center of it. He's that. He's the eye in the the Illuminati. Like that mm-hmm. eye in the fucking pyramid. That's sure. it's Quincy Jones's eye. I'm I'm convinced of it. Sure. Um, I, I think uh, over if there is one guy over the course of the last fuck man since the fifties, you know. I would say 70 years, like, because he was playing with Ray Charles at like 14 or 15. It's Quincy Jones, who's been around for all of it, all of the time. Uh, His bands traveled the earth. I mean, literally traveled the earth, just trying to find the best musicians. So, I mean, he's been to Brazil. That, That guy went all over the world and back again and has found success in every single avenue of everything he's ever done. Um, that guy is, is, is truly a revolutionary figure. Because um, if you're looking for a guy that just played with, you know, horns with Ray Charles and then made this entire life possible and got people elected president, uh, I, I don't know anybody else who's done that. So uh, Quincy Jones, um, you, you to me are the revolutionary figure of the day, my man. And I wish... There was more interviews like this, and I wish there was more articles like this um, out, like famous people who would just drop the hammer like this. Um, yeah. Because it's entertaining as fuck, and like, again, no one really is disputing any of this. So it, it's, you know, everybody's come out and said it's, it's true. So I, I, I got nothing for it as a rebuttal. Neither is anybody else. Usually people come out and talk a bunch of crazy shit like this, and then, you know, Everybody will come out and dispute the facts of the claims 
in the piece or the article or, or yeah, whatever yeah, it's yeah. about. No one said shit about this. So super interesting. If you get a chance, definitely check it out. For Jesse Wiseman, a.k.a. The Jables, I am Ross Patterson. This is The Revolution. Good night, everyone. Good night. Ooh.